You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Hope you're enjoying your Friday morning. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. It may be July 6th, but we do have some college baseball news. Unfortunately, Louisiana Tech is looking for a new pitching coach as Corey Barton has moved on to Rice. Coach Barton now joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Coach Barton, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing good, Aaron. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, I'm over in Atlanta, Georgia right now watching a little baseball. So I'm, I'm glad you guys uh, had me on this morning because I get a little break and go sit in the shade for a minute. I was going to say I could hear the, the that sound, ambient sound there. It sounds like a ball game's already underway at 8 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. First of all, uh, congratulations on a new gig as you head to Rice. I know this probably wasn't an easy decision for you and your family. First of all, how it came about you leaving Louisiana Tech for Rice. You know, it, it was something that, um, you know, I was very familiar with the Rice program. I played at Memphis in, in the old Conference USA with, against Rice, and then obviously with them in the league at Louisiana Tech this past year. And um, it, it was not an easy decision. I think you, you probably, if you take the, um, you know, you, you take the, the, the side of it where you're, the familiarity side of it out, and, and you look at the two programs side by side, it, it, from an outsider, it may have been an easy decision. It definitely was not for me. Um, you know, with Lane and, and, and how good he was to work for. And, you know, Louisiana Tech as a whole was really good to, to, to Robin and I, and, and Rustin was awesome as well. So it was definitely a tough decision. Um, you know, I really didn't know Matt Bragg at the new head coach. I didn't really know him that well. We kind of had some mutual friends that got connected. So it really kind of came out of nowhere. It's funny. We, we've only met face-to-face one time, um, and that was during the interview process. So it's um, – Still to this day, haven't met yet. Everything's been been via phone because it's been a little crazy here. But uh, it really was a whirlwind, to be honest with you. At Louisiana Tech for one year, uh, what was that experience like for you being the Bulldogs' head pitching coach? Uh, it was awesome, and, and you know, like I said earlier, Lane's great to work for. He he really gives you freedom on the pitching side of it, and, and he told me that going into it. That look, you're gonna you're gonna have an opportunity to run your staff, and I'm gonna stay out of your way. And, and he held true to that, and. and was awesome to work for uh was really fortunate walked into a spot where even though we had a lot of new pitchers we that we had some talented kids and some kids who, who really i didn't have to do a whole lot with them to be completely honest with you kind of just plug and play and we went out and i stayed out of their way and let them go do what they did and uh we're fortunate enough to have a good year on the mound and have a good have a good year as a team you know finish second in the league which is something that's tough because that is a very good baseball league um, but we really enjoyed it. And, and being, being at ULM for five years early in my career was familiar with the area, so that helped a little bit on the transition side. Um, but we, we really enjoyed our time in Ruston for sure. Uh, Corey, of course, obviously it worked out well for you. You were named Conference USA Assistant Coach of the Year. Uh, early in the fall, at what point did you realize you guys had assembled a, a pretty good staff? Uh, it was evident pretty quick. Um, you know, it, the, some of the guys you didn't really know for a little while because we, we didn't really have a whole lot of just power stuff, you know, guys that jump off the page at you. They were more pitchability and, and you know, didn't throw with high velocity but could pitch a little bit. So a couple of those guys, it took a little bit to kind of really figure out what they were and how they were going to be able to be effective. 
Um, but they did a really good job. You know, Christian Ostrander, who was the pitching coach before me, did a good job of assembling that staff. Um, and Coach Burroughs, Coach Creel, those guys that were on staff before, um, did a good job of assembling the staff. And, and you know, so we, we had an idea coming into it. I don't think, you know, if you would have told me that the numbers would have been what they were before the year, I would have probably told you you were crazy a little bit. Um, but they, the guys competed, man, and that's one good thing about them. They, they get after you. Um, I'm not looking forward to having to face them. I can promise you that. What did you learn about Conference USA in the one year that you were at Louisiana Tech? Um, it's a good league. It's a really good baseball league, and, and I had some familiarity with it from, from when I was at Memphis with some of the teams, and then actually a lot of the teams were in the Sun Belt when I was at Monroe, so there was some familiarity there. But, you know, so many people, and, and even you look now, with the, the commitment to baseball is, is really good in that league. Um, and, you know, from looking at from Rice to Louisiana Tech to Southern Miss and then the two Florida schools, and, and everybody's investing in baseball. Um, and, and even though the RPI and everything, you know, I know that was talked about, you know, at length at the end of the year, it probably wasn't where we thought it should have been. Um, you know, I think a lot of that kind of had to do with some non-conference stuff. It's a good league. I mean, it, it's one through one through eight or one through ten. I mean, as good as good as any mid major league in the country. And mid major is a term I don't really like, but you know, outside of the Power Five, it's as good as anybody in the country. I think. Can you imagine how odd it'll be next year when you look in the other dugout and you'll see Louisiana Tech over there? It's going to be really strange. And you know, the 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 bad part is I've I've done this. So we did it when we played the East this year, which I was there for four years and recruited all those kids. And it's 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 weird. It's almost like you're in an inner squad, you know, because you know the players on both sides. It's 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 kind of surreal. Um, but no, that that will be a weekend I will not be looking forward to. I can I can promise you that. It'll be great to see everybody, but you know you never want to. It's one of those things. I will definitely be a Bulldog fan when we're not playing them. Uh, Corey, you mentioned a little bit about your past. At what point in your career did you know this was the direction that you wanted to go in and be a college coach? Um, you know, it's probably an odd answer because that question gets asked a lot. It was a little bit later on. I, I kind of thought I wanted to work in the front office. of like a, I knew I wanted to be involved in, in sports. Um, I got my degree in sport management. I thought I wanted to work in like the front office, uh, do something like that in a professional sports organization. Um, so I actually had to coach my fifth year of school in order to earn my scholarship. I was a junior college transfer that lost some hours. So I had to coach to basically earn my scholarship because I had a fifth year of school to finish and just had a really good experience and really enjoyed it. And, and then kind of got lucky and got a job and, you know, kind of went from there. Um, you know, I was a volunteer at Memphis for a year. And then, and then when coach Jake hired me at Monroe, I was 23 years old and, didn't really know what I was doing, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, and just kind of went from there. It's crazy. That kind of feels like it was a couple of weeks ago, not almost 10 years ago. We've talked about your connection with Lane Burroughs. Also, uh, you and uh, Michael Federico go a ways back, correct? Yes. Uh, Fed actually stood in my wedding. He was one of my groomsmen, so he and I are very good friends. Um, he coached me at Memphis. We worked together for two years at Memphis, and he uh, he's a great one, man. ULM's got a really, really good one, that's for sure. Um, you know, that was another one that was kind of odd looking across the, uh, looking across the field, you know, you had a guy that stood next to you on your wedding day and now you're trying to kick the crap out of each other on a, on a Tuesday night. That's a little bit different for sure. Corey Barton joins us on the Stuart Shelby, uh, hotline, the newest pitching coach for the Rice Owls. When you're trying to make a decision like this, obviously you go to your wife, do you bounce ideas off and make a couple calls around the country or perhaps to the guy like Michael Federico and kind of 
feel out them and, and what they think you should do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something, this coaching community, you know, this time of year when we're on the road recruiting, you, you almost see these guys as much as you do your family. So you, you develop relationships with people and people you trust. And um, I think especially so in this case, because I really didn't know who I was going to work for. Um, you know, you can look at the stats and see what he's done as a baseball coach, but it's so important, you know, what you're going to do or, or who you're going to work for as a person. Um, and that's something I've been really lucky, lucky with. You know, Lane's awesome. He's a, you know, take the baseball coach side of it out he's a good man and and that's something that's important you know when I have a young family I've got a two-year-old son and uh, I have a wife and you know that's that's important you don't want to work for somebody that's going to make you miserable so I had to do my do my due diligence as far as you know checking in on on coach Braga and and you know didn't really to be honest with you I probably talked to 10 to 12 people and and everybody had great things to say and and it all started with man he's a really good person um, and that's something that is very, very important, especially in this profession, it, really coaching in general, because you do spend so much time with them. It's so time-consuming that that's an important piece to it. Corey, you're at a tournament there in Atlanta, of course, listeners, and we're always curious about breaking down pitchers in the high school ranks and how you can kind of judge what they'll look like when they get to the college ranks. How difficult of a process is it? <laughs> it is extremely difficult. Um especially now as early as the recruiting process starts. I mean, you're literally starting to evaluate kids when they're 14, 15 years old, and even sometimes sooner than that, that, you, you know, it's really a guessing game sometimes. Um, that's probably bad to say, but it really is. It's an educated guess, you know, most times. But, you know, you really have to look at a, at a lot of different pieces, and a lot of it includes the, what's between the years, not so much. You know, the physical stuff is pretty easy to evaluate. But if you look at a kid, you know, as far as how intelligent he is and does he have the mental ability to make adjustments and is he going to compete hard? And, you know, there's so many different pieces that go go into it. It is, it is extremely difficult um, to do that. Uh, and that's with all players, not just pitchers. And has a lot of it shifted now from what they do in the high school during their high school schedule to now what they're doing in the summer facing elite competition in some of these uh, tournaments? Uh, I think it's all important. You know, I think the summer stuff, where the way it all started to get so big, it, it's really hard for us to get out in the spring um, to see the high school games because that's when we're playing as well. So it's not, you know, I don't think it's more so, I don't think it's the, the competition that makes it more valuable for us. It's really just the convenience of it. Um, you know, because in the spring, you're really trying to be in the dugout with your own team. Um, and that's that fine line you have to walk of being out to see games in the spring and doing the best job you can. But, you know, a lot of times we, we play on Saturdays too. You know, it's, it's hard to miss one of your games to go watch somebody else play. So that's, that's really the importance of the summer side of it. It is easier to see guys just because our schedule is a little freer. Um, doesn't bode well for family vacations, but it does help for, uh, it does help as far as evaluating guys. You can just, you can get more history because you can see them more. Corey, uh, congratulations on the, the new gig. Is there anything you want to tell Louisiana Tech fans? They only knew you for a short period of time in that one year, but is there anything like you'd like to say that, to them about the future of the Dynamics no, program? That, uh, you, you know what? That, that program's in really good hands. You know, with, with what Lane's doing and the staff he's got, you know, I, he's going to hire another really good assistant to come in there, and, and Travis does a great job. Austin Knight does a great job, and, and Tommy McClellan is a, is a – really good athletic director um i mean he does things well and and just gives gives people the the pieces what they need to succeed um and i know it's not always instant and it's something to where you know it, it's going in the right direction that's for sure um 
you know, like I said earlier, I think the decision for me to leave on the outside probably to some people looked like an easy one, and it definitely was not. And I think that that speaks to to what that program is is doing. Um, you know, it, it's going to they're going to be really good, and they're going to be good for a long time. And um, you know, we really enjoyed our time in Ruston. That, that's about that's about the best way I can say it. Is you know, from from living in Ruston to working at Tech, we we had a great time and. It'll um, even though we didn't spend that much time there, it'll definitely be a place we'll remember for sure. Corey Barton, congratulations! I appreciate the time, bud. We'll see you down the road. Awesome, thanks, Aaron. You bet. Corey Barton, Rice's new pitching coach. It's just tough pill to swallow when it's two years in a row and you lose your pitching coach in the conference. It is, and I like what he said about you know meeting. Meeting up with Louisiana Tech again. I mean, that's going to be tough to do right. when you know all of those faces in that dugout, and of course everything that uh, that Lane Burrows has meant to him. So uh, Rice's uh, new head coach is quote on Corey Barton. Corey Barton came in highly recommended from so many baseball players, people that I know and respect. Each one of them raved about his ability to relate to young people, get the most out of everyone who's involved, and about his amazing qualities as a human being. He is a competitor who has developed championship caliber pitching staffs at each place he's coached he will make an immediate impact on our program and i'm excited to have him and his family joining the rice team good stuff 888-993-7762 it's the Stuart shelby goosehead insurance hotline coming up next you run dive into this oh i'm ready i'm i'm so ready for this <laughs> top coaches ranked by athlete i want to go through the list first and kind of point out all of the key pieces and all the big names you want to hear and then i want to reopen the is number one right well duh (laughs) if any list has saving below one please exit out of that browser as quickly as you can the morning drive on sports talk 97.7 back at Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. It started with a phone call. I got the text when I was at work. My first call up ever as a member of the National Guard. This was it, the real deal. When we got to the armory, they briefed us on the wildfires, how they were getting dangerously close to homes. It was amazing to be a part of this massive operation. Helicopters were going out with huge buckets to drop water on the fires. Some of the guys in the unit were preparing for firefighting with local fire crews. We went out in Humvees to help with the evacuations. At that moment, I got my first taste of just how important the Guard is to my community. See how the Guard can be an important part of your life at NationalGuard.com. 
Discover what it means to be a citizen soldier, to serve locally as well as globally. Look into the benefits including career skills and money for college. Take a moment. Go to NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard, aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. We always love lists, right? Especially on July 6th. Yeah. Have you picked up a football magazine yet? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. I've taken a gander at a couple of them. Um, yeah, it's never too early to start kind of breaking down football and looking at what team, what players' teams return. I kind of like this list, uh, considering the type of money some of these guys are making. So, Athlon Sports and Life ranks tries to rank the uh, 131 Division One football coaches in America. Sure. So, the worst coach they believe right now it has a lot to do with him being 31 years old. The youngest coach at the FBS level. Uh, Sean Lewis at Kent State. He comes in at number 30. And as you would expect, the other end of the spectrum, Nick Saban being number one. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start first? Well, I, I wrote down the names that I thought listeners would want to hear about the most. Okay. So at 104, Herm Edwards. Yeah, no respect for Herm. No respect How about for all Herm. that experience that he has he's bringing from the NFL from 20-some years ago? It's been a while. It's been a while since he's been back in the game. Plus, I mean, we're talking about college football here, another another animal. And, and he hasn't coached the collegiate level since 1989, has been out of coaching since 2008. And we've seen, you know, Lovey Smith, who was at 102, he's had some struggles getting back into the college game. He was he is 5-19 at Illinois. Yeah, but two, since 2009, Herm Edwards has worked the Under Armour game. <laughs> He's also been on, what, NFL Live? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to account for something, right? So he comes in at 104. He's at 104. Lovey's at 102. I thought that was interesting. 5-19 and 19 is Illinois' yeah. head coach over the last two seasons. Yes. The seat may be a little warm there in Illinois. I think so. At 98, Frank Wilson. Now. Rising star. Well, I think if this list was done before last summer, he would have been much higher. A lot of people were a lot higher on on him and his UTSA team. And then, of course, things didn't exactly go their way this year. And so because they took a step back, I think that's why you find Frank Wilson at 98. Six and seven uh, last year. So now in his two seasons, he's 12 and 12 at UTSA. 96, Jay Hobson of Southern Miss. thought that was interesting. He jumped over Matt Luke, of course, at Ole Miss. I'm not going to name every single. I I thought it was interesting, Matt Luke. Okay, Matt Luke at 97. <laughs> Glad we got that in there. At 91, Aaron, yeah. Sonny Dykes, yeah. after going 19-30 and 30 at Cal, and, of course, that was after he went 22-15 and 15 at Louisiana Tech. Sonny Dykes at 91. Do you like where he's at there? Do you think that's underrated, overrated, or properly rated? Uh, probably a little underrated. 22-15 and 15 at Louisiana Tech. You go down a few more, and you see Matt Viatore at 89. Yeah. Now, he's 8-16 and 16 at ULM, but I think it's what everybody is seeing on the field. That's what everybody is projecting what's coming. 
is the reason why I think a lot of people are high on Vitor. Now, if you just look at the numbers, of course, you're going to be a little bit disappointed. But I think the numbers are skewed. I think he's he's taking his time and building his program. And, of course, this offense is going to light it up. Here's year. the write-up or a portion of the write-up from Athlon Magazine on Matt Vitor at number 89. They say prior to taking over ULM, Vitor went 78-33 and 33 at McNeese State, which also included five trips to the FC, FCS playoffs. With only one winning record since 2001, ULM is one of the toughest jobs in the Sun Belt. However, Viator's first two years have showed signs of progress. Only 15 starters back for 2018. This team is a threat to reach the postseason. Let's let's stop right here for one second. Give me a guess as to who the highest-ranked coach in Louisiana is on this list. Well, probably Wergeron. Wrong. Huh. You got a second guess? Okay. Um, at 81, Ed Orgeron. Right. He has, if you count his interim uh, tag, he's 15-6 and six at LSU. Um, we'll get much more into Ed Orgeron a little bit because I'm sure you're going to gloat about Chad Morris being ahead of him right. on this list. But Ed Orgeron, for the time being, is at 81. He's right below Mario Cristobal out at Oregon. All right. Another interesting piece is uh, Rick Stockstill being ranked ahead of Orgeron at 78. And he's compiled a 79 and 72 record since 2006. So, you know, I I would definitely put him ahead of Rick Stockstill, but I don't know. I guess it's just because he's been there a lot longer. A lot of respect at number 72 for uh, Joe Moorhead, Mississippi State's new head coach. Yeah, he's the darling, I think, coming into this year. More so than your beloved Chad Morris. Everyone is high on Joe Moorhead and the pieces he has to play with at Mississippi State because Dan Mullen didn't leave him hanging, right? Dan Mullen left a lot of talent at Mississippi State, especially on the offensive line, defensive line. I think they're going to be one of the more physical teams in the SEC. Plus, you got Nick Fitzgerald returning at quarterback. So, I think a lot of people are high on, on Moorhead who proved at Penn State that he is an offensive guru. You, you mix that that mind with some of the talent Mississippi State has, and good things are sure to come. Coming in at number 71. Oh, please. Arkansas's new head coach, Chad Morris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Ten spots ahead of Ed Orgeron. Okay, all right. Uh, part of the write-up for Morris. Uh, Morris appears to be the right fit at the right time for Arkansas, considering Arkansas won't out-recruit Alabama, Auburn, LSU, or Texas A&M. A switch to a wide-open offense will help level the playing field. Also, his extensive ties to the state of Texas can help attract talent to the program. Morris will need a year or two to transition Arkansas to new schemes on both sides of the ball. However, that patience will pay off for the new program or for the program over the next five seasons. Do you think Morris is a better coach than Moorhead? Yes. Okay. We'll see. I can't wait to revisit that. I don't understand what the question he asked about the highest-ranked Louisiana coach is. You'll oh, see. Yeah. Well, I should have known. Skip Holtz. No, he's not. Uh, Skip Holtz coming in at number 67. He, he's at 67, but there's another Louisiana coach ahead of him. Yeah, of course, Holtz um, being 38 and 28 at Louisiana Tech, and of course, you know, um, the consecutive bowls and, and everything he's accomplished at Louisiana Tech. I, he certainly has the resume to be that high. Yeah, they point out that Holtz went 34 uh, 23 at UConn and then got at East Carolina a 38 27 mark. And then the Pirates won two Conference USA titles under Holtz's watch. He later went 16-21 and 21 at South Florida. And his overall record as a head coach, 
Skip Holtz right now is 126 and 99 overall. By the way, Mark Stoops ahead of him at 66. I think that's too high for Mark Stoops. Mm. This is what I was getting to, Aaron. 59, Willie Fritz oh, from Tulane. Gosh. He's the highest ranked Louisiana coach. He's 9 and 15. But you know what? I'm hearing some some restless restless fans down south. Yeah. I you know I'm I'm hearing that they're a little bit uh, impatient, uh, waiting on Fritz to really turn the thing around at Tulane. But obviously, this list is much higher on Fritz than than some of those fans. Uh, yeah, nine and fifteen overall, and just four and twelve in conference play since uh, coming down to New Orleans. Prior to Lane, of course, uh, Fritz uh, Georgia Southern seventeen and seven, uh, gaudy record when he was at Sam Houston State, and then also at Central Missouri. All right, a couple of names to throw out there: Will Muschamp at fifty. It's a lot of respect for Willie Fritz right there. It is a lot. It's it's way too high. Yeah. Um, but Will Muschamp's at fifty. He's above Dave Dorn and Larry Fedora. Thought that was interesting. Forty nine. Bill Clark. Um, of course, you could have said he was the coach of the year last year, going eight and five with with UAB. Uh, Forty two. Kevin Sumlin. Thirty six. Willie Taggart, who's actually ranked ahead of uh, Holgerson and Clay Hilton. Mm. Not so sure about that. 34, my guy. That is a lot of respect for Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I think it go, it's it's all about the hype, too. If, if he wasn't the way he was, I don't think Kiffin would be that high on this list. Let's just mm. say that. 31, Mike Leach. 28, Tom Herman. 26, Lincoln Riley, who's ranked ahead of Kirk Ferentz, your, yeah. your boy. I thought that was kind of interesting. I know he's got a lot of hype around him, especially when you hear about the NFL coaches talking about him. And, of course, he, he's, he's got such a bright mind, but still hasn't accomplished a ton because you look at what he inherited last yeah. year. Now, I give him credit for taking over, you know, as late as he did. But, I mean, when you've got a quarterback the, the caliber of Baker Mayfield, I think that helps a lot. I'm, I'm more interested in seeing what he does this year without Baker. Hmm. Ferentz ranked eighth in the Big Ten on this list. Wow. Um, 20, Gus Malzahn. 17, Dan Mullen. How about 12, Chip Kelly? Hmm. Is that too high for his return to college football? Not considering what he had done previously. In Oregon? Yeah. In the same conference? At 10, Kirby Smart. David Shaw not getting the respect. He probably deserves to be in the top 10. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. But who are you kicking out? Yeah. Let's go to the top ten real quick. Who are you kicking out for David Shaw? Ten, Kirby Smart. Probably Harbaugh. See, I, everyone loves to hate on Harbaugh. I don't know why. It's like a, uh, the latest trend. Like everybody likes to pile on him. Eight and five last year. Watch what he does this year. That's all I've got to say. Watch what he does this year. I think they're going to have a huge year this year. So Harbaugh at nine. Eight, James Franklin. Seven, Mark D'Antonio. Six, Jimbo Fisher. Five, Gary Patterson. Four, Chris Peterson. Three, Dabo Sweeney. Two, Urban Meyer. One, Nick Saban. It's hard to disagree with any it, of those. It top really five. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that's, I've got no issues with that. It's nice to see them giving uh, Gary Patterson some love there at number five. Well, yeah, he deserves it for sure. So, do we want to take a break and then and then come back to the uh, we got some Justin Ellis sound we need to run to. What, what, what's your main argument? Now that I have one more uh, <laughs> uh, established, respected magazine like Athlon Magazine coming to my defense on Chad Morris being ahead of Ed Orgeron. All right, let me just talk about uh, the negatives are out there and when they've been discussed. I'll just discuss the positives. Orgeron steered the ship in the positive direction after that loss to Troy, correct? Right. 
He wrote off six SEC wins, the most SEC wins. LSU but he drove had. that ship. Can the, I? Can so I finish? The, the Troy loss. Look, I'm trying to get okay. these in. Right. He had six SEC wins, the most SEC wins LSU's had since 2012. He even dropped a competitive loss to Bama. I know there's no such thing as moral victories, but you know it, it, you're lucky to be competitive these days. Um, I think there's something to be said about winning six of the last seven games after an embarrassing loss to Troy. And though LSU fans were down on the on the recruiting misses in, in last year's class, he made good on his word by landing those two big transfers in Terrence Alexander and Joe Burrow. He also quickly replaced Jeff Grimes with what looks to be a solid hire in Jeff Craig, and that was before he added Bill Bush as the team's safeties coach, um, which also helped LSU land Joe Burrow. So Orgeron, if you're looking ahead, yes, it's a tough schedule, but he's also – He's also piecing together one of the best classes in the nation for next year's class. So I think there are a lot more positives around Orgeron. Plus, if you if you look at how he did in his interim roles at USC and LSU, I just think he's more accomplished at this point in his career. All right, there was a quote there, and I, I wrote it down so I would not misquote you, Jake. This should be uh, Ed Orgeron's new motto. Lucky to be competitive these days. <laughs> I mean, That's the sales pitch? I mean, okay, I'm not talking about Orgeron's teams. I'm talking about Les Miles' teams uh, against Bama. Yeah. There, yeah, there have been competitive games, but there have been some games that absolutely got away from LSU. And Orgeron's la- you know, first two games as head coach against Bama, they've both been really competitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, no no more victories. you got to go out there and you got to beat them, but – you know, not many teams can say they beat Bama. Uh, season can't get here quick enough. Oh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. A couple of texts here. Uh, Jake made his argument, of course, for the big fights on Saturday, trying to get me to pony up some money. 
somebody said, Aaron, I'm not sold either. We'd rather mow the yard. Aaron, can, I can you mow I... the yard at night? <laughs> at, at midnight? <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I thought you. I thought I convinced you. Did yeah, I? Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, Clint wants to know uh, where is Dooley on the list. They didn't do offensive coordinators. We haven't got that far into it yet. Now, if they start doing offensive coordinators, that would be almost intriguing. Hey, by the way, let me say this real quick. Before I forget, because I keep forgetting, next week we're going to start breaking down every conference. We're going to go through every conference and break it down. I think that's going to be exciting radio. I love to hear your breakdown of the MEAC. That's pretty good. Well, maybe not every conference. (laughs) But, you know, definitely the Power Five and – a lot of the group fives. Uh, who would rank higher, Enzmiger, Dooley, or Canada? Canada, man. Or Cubic. Poor Cubic. <laughs> I, I go Canada, man. I like uh, – We know how much I, you love I, Canada. I still like him. I, I understand he's tough to, to work with. and God, that would kill Dooley's, Dooley's ego coming in at 128 <laughs> on the list of offensive coordinators in America. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't do well. <laughs> I, I'm interested – look, if, if Missouri's offense doesn't soar next year, you know how much heat he's going to take? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my goodness, Could Drew Could be Locke, a short stay. Yeah, yeah. Drew Locke, you better you better put up some numbers next year. I bet he didn't buy a house there. You, you don't think? No. Just renting. Yeah. Well, he thinks he's probably going to be off. This is his uh, stepping Oh, this stuff. is his uh, yeah. launching pad. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Big uh, night coming up out at Bayou this year with uh, Justin Jellybean, Ellis, and a bunch of his NFL buddies in town. I had an opportunity to catch up with the former Neville and Louisiana Tech star who now resides with the Oakland Raiders. We discussed, of course, his past, his present, and, of course, his future in the NFL. Here's a little bit from Justin on how nice it's to be back in northeast Louisiana. It, man, it's, you know, it's, it's a great, great feeling to be home, you know. I always will be a Tiger. You know, I love my, you know, my high school and the guys that, you know, coaches, my coaches around here. So, you know, it's always good to be here in the, in the atmosphere. Why is it important for you to do this thing every year to kind of give back to the community and uh, people have done a lot for you in your life? Oh, you know, I, I feel like the youth is the thing that we should focus on. So, you know, um, so why not start there? You know, so I, I love the kids. So, you know, each and every year I try to bring something like this, which uh, we try to make it an annual thing um, to the city so I can interact with the kids, you know, interact with my peoples and stuff like that, you know, just to have a good time. Well, last year the kids, I mean, over 300 of them had a great time, but it looked like you were having as much fun as them. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You know, I'm, I want to be a coach after, after I get done with ball. So, you know, um, it's, a good ch- it's a good time to, you know, uh, work, work on those skills. You know, coaching is hard. So uh, I try to focus on that when I'm out there with the kids and try to teach them stuff. What did Mickey McCarty and this staff mean to you? Everything, everything. I was when I first got here, I was a, I was a hard-headed kid from you know, um, from Booger T. Uh, you know, just 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 didn't know, have no guidance like when it comes to like certain things. You know, I think Coach McCarty, they took me up under the wing, and you know, just made me a, a even better player. I always had good talent. But they just made me a, uh, give me a good head start. Do you ever pinch yourself still? Does it still I feel like a dream? <sighs> it's for sure still a dream. You know, but at the same time, I know I'm, I'm, I'm living in it. But uh, it's for sure a long time dream of mine. Jeff calls you with the contract details. When you hear those numbers, what do you think? I think it's fair. I was thinking it was fair. You know, I feel like, you know, from, from what, what has been done, I feel like it was fair. 
Um, and I was excited to be a still, you know, still be a Raider. Um, so I thought it was good news. It's got to be a little humbling, though, doesn't it? To hear oh. those numbers and know where you've been oh, for to sure. get that kind of for a sure. deal. For sure, for sure, for sure. What's the first thing you go out and buy? <sighs> really nothing big. I got my little brother a graduation car so far. That's the only big purchase I've made. Um, looking to, you know, get my mom a house first, but then I look for myself. Really a great story with uh, Justin Ellis, of course. Remember him at Neville, a huge run stopper. And, and then goes to Louisiana Tech. And, you know, he had some issues with his weight early on with the, the Bulldogs. I think he got up to 380 pounds. I think he's about 325, 330 now. But you could always see when he was at Louisiana Tech, the difference maker, he was up, he was up front. Of course, he makes his way to Oakland. And his numbers will never be real gaudy because that's not his job. It's about to clog up some lanes. But now in his entering his fifth year, pretty cool. And of course, just signing this deal with the Raiders, uh, fifteen million over three years. Yeah, and I'm interested in seeing what the Raiders do next year as well because they had all the hype last year. They didn't quite get to the level that most were anticipating. I'm interested in seeing how they rebound from that this year. And Justin Jellybean Ellis will be a big part of that. Uh, we discussed that, and here's the second part of uh, the interview, just about his expectations for this year with a new head coach with the Oakland Raiders. Last year, I feel like we we had a good start to a no, but I feel like we kind of got distracted. Um, we let it get away from us, you know. We let too many games um, just get away from us. Like our coach always tell us, uh, a lot of games, more games are lost then one, you know, then then you win. So you know, when he, when he say that, he mean like you know we lose more games than we win them, mm. meaning we let the games go by when we could have did something different to make a different outcome. So I feel like this year um, with Gruden coming in, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be more structure and uh, the sky's the limit. <laughs> I mean, it's so hard to tell right now. Yeah. Because this is so early on, but after training camp, I know a lot more. You just got him. I know you only gone through what a couple of mini a mini camp with him. He's what everybody talks about how high intensity yeah. into it. Yeah, oh he is. Yeah, he is. He he's sharp. Yeah, he wants us to be sharp, but he treats us like men. That's what I like the most. You know, he just not he he don't just work us just to be working us. So we do our work and then we done. Like you know, we not he, you know he not into uh, just dogging us. So. Final question, a number of your former teammates will be here this weekend. Also some guys that, you know, from Neville, John DRs. Yeah. How cool is it just to see all these local guys kind of during your era make it to the league now? Oh, yeah. It's all, I mean, I, I hope he's, I hope we started a thing around here, you know. Um, I'm excited for John, uh, Martez, uh, Carter, Tez. Um, it's just a couple guys. I was supposed to have Xavier coming in. It's just a lot of different local guys mm -hmm. that I'm, you know, I'm excited about. Um, their careers and the things that they have accomplished so far. And um, hopefully we can just get something going. Um, and I'm just thankful for them to come and just support me. You know, being that they don't have to come and support me, even though we are local. Stuff from Justin Ellis, of course, the silent auction and the dinner tonight out at Bayou Desired. Tickets, I believe, still available. You can go to Guerrero and Guerrero to get those tickets or eventbrite.com. I think everything gets underway tonight around 7 o'clock or so. An opportunity to rub elbows with some of these NFL guys, get some autographs, take some pictures. I think they also bring in a comedian, Jake. Oh, really? Yeah. You know who it is? No. They haven't said? They have, but I did not write it. Oh, come on, I man. apologize. Well, I'm always game for a little comedy. <laughs>
And then on uh, Saturday, of course, uh, the football camp out at Bill Ripple Stadium. I believe that gets underway at 9 o'clock. Last year, a huge crowd with over 300 kids out there. If you want to get your kids signed up, certainly need to do it and do it immediately at eventbrite.com. Yeah, and I encourage you to do so. It's, a, it's an awesome camp. Walking around last year was uh, pretty cool just seeing the number of uh, NFL stars that were uh, hanging around. And, of course, and they were getting into it, too. It wasn't just like they were standing on the sidelines. They were leading the drills and, of course, giving some pointers to the youngsters from northeast Louisiana. Yeah, I think they enjoyed that. You could you could tell they were enjoying kind of leading their own stations. And I, I suspect it will be the same way this year. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Joey Trappe joins us for his weekly visit, then our parting shots. Jake promises to finish strong. What about you? Perhaps. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. The newest lawn equipment pro center in the area is your new Cub Cadet Superstore, Yard Power. Yard Power in Monroe is your source for the full line of Cub Cadet mowers. In fact, they're the only dealer in Northeast Louisiana. And Yard Power is loaded with Cub Cadets. Over 100 mowers on the ground ready to roll. All backed by a full service and parts department. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Listen to what Chris said about Andro 400. I've lost almost 40 pounds in 10 weeks. My son was getting married, and when I went for the suit fitting, I was a size 48. And when I went back to do the final fitting, I was a 44. I have more energy, that's for sure. I probably lost four inches around my belly. I'm 57, and I'm back when I was in my 30s. Here's what Dwayne said about Andro 400. This product really worked. I'm an old guy, and I don't trust nobody. I've tried all kinds of stuff. It's one of the few things I've ever bought that worked. I couldn't believe it. I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It changed my life. It really has. It's really incredible. Guys, if you'd like to lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call Call 888-400-0435, 888-400-0435, andro400.com. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, so this scene uh, that's uh, playing out over here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio, it's you got to tell what's describe what's going on. Uh. So Jake, literally in the seven o'clock hour, he did like a half a page of notes on trying to sell the UFC fights to me for the weekend, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. And then over the course of the last three or four minutes, you spilled uh, water just all over those notes, and now I've crumpled oh, up those notes and have thrown them away. Well, yeah. Um 
It actually happened in the last segment, yeah. so if I sounded a little short and, uh, and, and, and off my rocker, that was All like, that hard work, all those solid sound arguments, and they just go up like that. Oh, well, you know, it, it served its purpose. Uh, we love having uh, Joey Trappe on on Friday mornings around this time or, or so. Joey, you get all in on UFC. Jake's trying to sell it this weekend. The big fight's tomorrow night. Man, I, I don't get all in. Uh, I'm going to have to. Just admit it, man. I guess since like the Lesnar days, it just kind of, to me, isn't the same. Uh, but but it's definitely still a, a huge interest there. Um, yeah. It's just I I feel like it's died off a little bit. Yeah, and then the other thing, it's a tough sell with the wife and the kids on a Saturday night, also. Yeah, it doesn't get kicked off till t- pretty late, you know, um, and. You know, you're right. It, it, it's a pretty tough sell <laughs> uh, when it normally involves a bunch of guys hanging around and adult beverages. It uh, <laughs> doesn't always end well, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, Joey, the fireworks display on uh, Saturday, and, of course, a lot of people out there at Traps. How did it all play out? Were you pleased? Man, it was a great atmosphere. We had a great turnout and a great day. Um, I mean, I wish we could shoot fireworks off that bridge every weekend, honestly. Uh <laughs> But um, no, it was it was a great weather. It was great turnout. Uh, the city and CenturyLink put on a great display. Um, it was just a it was a fun time had by all. I know we've discussed this before. The Nathan's hot dog eating competition. I'm all in every year to try to watch that thing. How cool would it be if we could do something that with the, the field house or traps and something with some wings or something uh, hot dog related? Man, I'll tell you what, but I, what do you eat, 75 hot dogs or something? Yeah, 73, but who's counting? Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the nutritional facts due to consume like 22,000 calories <laughs> um, in those hot dogs. But, you know, I think it would be fun. I'm all up for it. Um, I mean, I would be surprised. How, how, many to, how much time could they have? Like, how much time did they have to eat? Ten, ten minutes? Yeah. I think we would be hard-pressed to find somebody in Monroe that could eat 25 hot dogs in 10 minutes. We could do a large casting call. It would be fun to find if we could find one guy that could do that. Or a lady, too. Just think about 25 hot dogs in 10 minutes. Yeah, it'd be rough. I mean, the rest hey, of the day if somebody's out there, call me. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with something. Uh, Joey, you looked like a guy when I last time I ran into you was uh, on NASCAR with all your different uh, placements of your restaurants on your body. I liked it. The only thing is, I didn't I didn't see any portico uh, uh, patch on you. Yeah, I got I got to set my portico game up, man. I think I was rocking a Crawfish City hat with <laughs> trap shirt, and nah, I don't even know where Fieldhouse slept in. But <laughs> um, yeah, I got to step my game up on those patches, man. I need to need to feel like a, a motorcycle gang with a bunch of patches on my vest or something. What you got going on this weekend? Man, just the same old summer weekend, man. Um, you know, you got some all-star tournaments in town. Uh, we look forward to seeing a bunch of people from out of town come through. And, um, you know, just baseball on TV is about the only thing we got on right now. So, it's uh, you know, it's one of those lulls in the summer. But it's, uh, it's some, you know, times of the year where we get to meet some new people coming through town. And, uh, you know, we, we just appreciate all the positive word of mouth our customers give us that, that shoot people our way if it's at a ballpark or um, at the mall or something. They run into people uh, asking for places to go eat, uh, which is definitely a huge impact to us. So 
um, you know, just a uh, not a not an action-packed weekend for sure, but just another great opportunity to get out and get some stuff done around the house and yard, and uh, just come on out and eat some some good food at Fieldhouse Traps or Portico. And yeah, and Portico is becoming a hot spot once again on Saturday. Yes, sir. Live music every Saturday night. So if you're looking for a place to just kind of hang out and relax, definitely shoot by Portico and check it out. Troy Trappe, we appreciate the time, bud. See you soon. Appreciate it, guys. All right, you ready for your uh, parting shot, Jake? Sure. It is Friday. It is time for our parting shots. What kind of flim-flam operation y'all running up there, man? Our parting shots may make you think a little. You all speculate and create things, and then you want people to respond to it. Nothing is off limits. Sorry if you're offended by that. Just trying to just trying to be cooperative and help you out. We take aim at some of the bad boys. Oh, my. 5150. Somebody call the popo. Pucker up. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's time to show your host some love. Spectacular group of men. You go find them, you throw your arms around them, you give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. Our parting shot. Oh, baby. You can have your $500 million jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this, baby. All right, I know you got a good one, so I'll go first. Play by play broadcaster for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Man, that's a great team nickname there. Double uh, A affiliate of the Miami Marlins. He's calling the game, and then all of a sudden the action gets a little too close to him. This is Roger Hoover. Righty on lefty, first pitch by Duval. Swing, and that's foul. Straight back and off my computer. Oh my goodness. That just happened. <laughs> so my computer is uh, completely cracked. I tried to put my hand up and stop the baseball, and it went straight back, and now that one almost came back. And this became just became one of the worst days I have had in quite some time. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nothing in two on Walsh. I do not believe that just happened. Bad luck. One of the worst days in a long time for him. Yeah, that actually reminds me of a time I was covering an LSU game, and it was pouring rain to, to the to the point where it was sideways rain. And for some reason, LSU kept the windows open. Mm. Our laptops were drenched. Like, they had girls walking up and down the aisles giving us rags, and I'm like, we need more than that. Like, why don't y'all close the, mm. <laughs> the windows? But, uh, yeah, that sounds absolutely awful, mm. having your – your laptop busted. Hey, sticking with minor league baseball, you saw Tim Tebow uh, is playing All-Star. in the Double A All Star yeah. Game, East, the Eastern League Division. Said uh, ticket prices Tebow. are soaring. It's helping the gate a lot. I'm sure it is. Did you see his numbers? I didn't. He's somewhere around 260. Oh, uh, really? Not All Star worthy. Uh, I don't know. He's in it. Well, is he getting special treatment? Uh, is all I'm uh, asking. Maybe. Are they? Is it a ploy to get those? Attendance numbers up. Oh, real quickly, tying that in with Tebow, uh, Feinbaum still doesn't. Feinbaum still does not have a deal yet. When is this? Maybe is that a couple? Uh, the eighteenth, I believe. Yeah, a couple weeks. Yeah, this could be interesting. Yeah, this could be interesting. Playing a little game of chicken. Yeah, and they said perhaps this is what's crazy. They're talking about maybe uh, Fox Sports could be in the running or the Big Ten Network 
four, five yeah, bobs. Like the Big Ten Network. Like, what's he going to start doing? Minnesota? He's going to start breaking down the Gophers. Well, he's never had to break down anyone, really. But I mean, he'd lose all his call. All oh, his I listeners. get it. I get it. He get. I mean, he gets a few calls up north, but mostly they're yeah. just calling in to hate as on much the as SEC. I mean, I don't know where that helps his negotiating power. Yeah. I, oh, the Big Ten. <laughs> they're interested. They're in calling. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe take that off. Yeah. All right. So my part in shot is. You know, I got to thinking you were talking about game night yesterday. You were saying how disappointed you were in that movie. And Correct. a movie I want to see, Aaron, that is, I could admit is probably bad, is Uncle Drew. Like, I want to go see that movie because you got all the old basketball stars. You know, Shaq, I believe KG's in it. Um, got a couple other guys. But, uh, of course, Kyrie Irving is the star of the show. So I was looking up some, some of these – uh, reviews on Uncle Drew, and it's actually getting a little bit better reviews than I anticipated. Because I think a lot of people are going into this not expecting a flawless, great movie, but you know, looking for a good time. But here, here's a couple of the negative reviews. I want you, I want you to listen to this. Pepsi is one of the film's producers, but Painkiller Leave gets better product placement. Spare some of the arthritic plot, please. Huh. Like, that is someone taking their job too seriously watching Uncle Drew. If you're going to Uncle Drew for the plot, give me a break. And then another one says, strip away the makeup and the basketball court is all but empty. Hmm. How thought-provoking. Rotten Tomatoes, not real bad. 67%. 67. Yeah, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm reading off of. And the po- here's one of the positives. And it's got a lot of them. Uncle Drew is a lot of fun. The storytelling is rock solid. And if this were somehow a Saturday Night Live sketch starring Irvin, We'd all say, wow, he's a lot better than most athletes that get on the show. So, I, you know, seeing the, the fact that it's got more positive reviews than negative reviews, I think I'm going to go see this movie. Are you on board? Would you go see this movie? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, qu- quite a stretch for you who, who isn't the biggest NBA fan. All right. Uh, so this weekend we got a UFC, correct? Saturday. Yeah. What you want? You want a breakdown? Let me give you my predictions real fast. Just tell tell us what's going to happen. All right. Uh, so the, bi- the biggest storyline. I don't want to hear all five well, fights. The biggest storyline is whether or not DC can become only the second fighter in UFC history to hold two belts at the same time. Only other guy who's done that is Conor McGregor. And and this would be the case if DC is able to beat Stipe. He'd be both the light heavyweight champion and the heavyweight champion. Um, and it, it would it would be the best case scenario, I believe, uh, just because you open the door to, well, I guess you could argue Stipe winning would be better because that opens the door for a super fight between him and Kane. But I still think, you know, if you've got DC winning that belt, I think he can have that claim as the greatest of all time. And when, and when John Jones figures his stuff out and gets cleared again, that's a big if. Well, I know. But you can have a third fight between the two, and I think that fight sells every time. Even though John Jones has beat him twice, I still think you can you can do it a third time at heavyweight, and I think it, it draws a lot of money. For the good of the UFC, they need something dramatic to happen, correct? Uh, no, something newsworthy. They, they something do. to grab the attention of the country. Yeah, they do. They're hurting right now. Um, I mean, they'll, they'll say they're not hurting. They'll say that they're financially you know, good, but the fact that Connor – is still on the bench. The fact that John Jones can't figure his stuff out. Brock Lesnar, you're hearing rumors that he's coming back and going to get a fight later this this year, perhaps against John Jones. 
But until you know they actually get a deal done, you know we're, we're kind of in the dark, waiting on that to happen. So UFC definitely needs something big to happen. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back bright and early Monday morning at seven o'clock to break it all down for you, as Jake will actually give us his first World Cup report coming up on Monday morning. Fake news. <laughs> the Edge is coming up next. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.